Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Nehemiah. We're finishing up chapter 3. We're starting at verse 28 uh, and going just down to four little verses down to verse 32. Um, I'll read some of these verses, and uh, we'll just comment on some of these things. Uh, uh, Verse uh, uh, 28, Above the horse gate the priest repaired each one opposite his own house. Uh, Now, the horse gate... um, was a gate that a lot of times warriors came in and used. Uh, Horses were used in times of battle. Um, You see references to uh, soldiers coming in and out. Uh, Kings would come in and out, uh, but they would be riding on the donkey because it would be an animal, you know, of peace. So when they were coming in victorious, they would be coming in riding on a donkey. But when they were riding around at war, they would be riding on a horse. Christ is um, Christ came in to Jerusalem riding on a donkey. He came in as a king. Uh, he did not come in riding on a horse. But there's references uh, in the Bible. I believe it's in Revelation where Christ will return on a on a red war horse because he will be coming in um, as a warrior to defeat sin. Uh, but this is the horse gate. Verse 29, after them, Zadok, son of Emmer, repaired opposite his own house. Uh, one of the things that um, McGee made the point of is that, um, you know, some of us are called into missionaries and going into foreign lands, and some of us are not. Some of us are just called to repair around our own house, to repair the the Word of God, um, but to repair close by. And one of the things McGee uh, made the point of is God calls us to give the Word of God out to our own family, to our own household. Now, it's not our job, uh, as he was saying, to convert everybody. It's just to give the Word of God out. God, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of the rest. Our job is to make sure the Word of God is to give it now. Is given out. So people were doing what they could do. And some are repairing these big gates and some are just repairing opposite where they live. Verse 30, And after him, Hananiah, son of Shilmiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of 
Zalpot prepared another section. After him, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, prepared opposite his chamber. And after him, Malchai, I'm butchering these names. I'm so sorry. One of the goldsmiths prepared as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants opposite the Muster Gate. And uh, I think the Muster Gate's probably a gate not used very much. Um, but in any event, people were doing what they could do. And uh, in verse 32, in between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. So it kind of started with the sheep gate and we come uh, full circle uh, around uh, the uh, back to the sheep gate. So this um, muster gate was the gate of another gate of the guard. So um, and uh, so we talked about the sheep gate, uh, sort of referring to the gate where sacrifices would come in, where Christ came in, and the fish gate, talking about um, being fishers of men and the gospel message, and then the um, we talked about all the different gates around. Um, uh, including the fountain gate, which is sort of referencing the Word of God as the, um, a fountain of the Word of, of water. And the water gate itself is the Word of God. Uh, we talked about the horse gate and the sort of the gate of the guard. Um, but all of these different gates sort of talk about the gospel message as McGee was talking about. It sort of, um, but it, it sort of also illustrates a point that it begins and it ends in Christ, with Christ. God uses men to help uh, put out his word, the gospel message. And uh, God uses men and women to repair this wall, these gates. And uh, the east gate uh, that they were referring to um the east gate was um, the first one opened up in the morning. Um, so um, sort of as we uh, gather around the east gate, um, east gate might have been, as I look back, might have been referenced to the Munster gate. Um, let's see. I can't confirm if the Munster Gate was another reference to the East Gate or not, but I can say the Munster Gate is right on the eastern side um, of the wall, and it's certainly not the um, the um, the Water Gate or the Fountain Gate. Uh, that might make sense, but McGee did talk about the East Gate being one facing the um, the glimmer of light on the horizon, being the first gate. opened every morning as the sun was rising so it sort of begins and ends with the with jesus christ the gospel message and as we go around all the different things that that we do to put the word of god out um, to stay clean by the word of god to let the word of god do the work for us uh, the word of god is our battle warrior um, the word of god is a direction out into the valley uh, the Word of God um, 
also is something where we are fishers of men, not fish anymore. The Word of God just does so much. that It is so multidimensional in our lives, but it all ends it all begins and ends with with Jesus Christ. So, those were the 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 main points that we uh, got to uh, from this today, and really in chapter three we really uh, this story of rebuilding the wall, as we've seen over the last several sections, is really a story of of the gospel message. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our um, our. Uh, co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Uh, Look uh, forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, uh, from me to all of you, keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time here tomorrow as we continue our study through the book of Nehemiah. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Today's teaching is coming from Nehemiah chapter 3, beginning at verse 28, all the way through to verse 32. So, we have now come at the eighth gate, amongst the gates in Jerusalem. So, we have looked at gate 1 to gate 7. These are gates that are around the wall of Jerusalem. So, in our last study yesterday, we mentioned the water gate. And the water gate speaks of God's word. It is God's word spoken of as water. So when water is spoken of in scripture, it depicts the word of God. So the Lord Jesus Christ said something about um, the water and the water cleansing us. So the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So the word of God is a cleansing agency. So it's well to actually note that the water gate was not repaired when the other gates in the wall were torn down. This particular gate remained intact which was a miracle it didn't need any repairs repairs sorry so the word of god doesn't need any repairs made on it it doesn't need to be fixed nothing it doesn't need anything to be added onto it doesn't need to be defended so we don't have to try and prove the bible it proves itself we don't have to try and prove bible is the word of god We don't need to prove it. We just have to give it out. And the Spirit of God takes care of it. So I'll begin reading at verse 28 of our study today, which reads, Beyond the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. So the horse is that which was ridden by a warrior in Scripture. <clears throat> so in scripture in the book of Zechariah and Revelation the symbolic horses 
are powers making war. So there is the riding of the red horse of war and it speaks of that. The Lord Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. This is the animal that kings rode on and you know it didn't mean that a king was meek because he rode on a donkey. Kings rode on a donkey if they were coming in peace. So they only rode on a horse in times of war. So this gate speaks of the soldier's service of the believer today. Paul says to us, we are seated together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So this is in the first part of the book of Ephesians and it's the great truth. But when we come to the second part of Ephesians, we're told we ought to walk worthy of the high calling where we are called. So we've got our head up in the heavenly and our feet are down on the ground and we are to walk. And not only this in Ephesians 6, it says, put on the whole armor of God. So there is a battle to be fought, a spiritual battle that is not a physical battle. So we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. So another verse we are using is Paul's verse to the Corinthians when he was in Ephesus. He said, a great door of affliction is open unto me. Sorry, not affliction. A great door of effectual is open unto me. And they are many adversaries. So we need to actually put on the whole armor of God. We're seated in the heavenlies. But our feet are down here on earth in service of God. And we need to put on, to do the service of God, we need to wear the whole armor of God. We are told to take the sword of the Spirit. And this is God's word. It's the only instrument we want to use today. So, if we turn to 2 Timothy 2, verse 3, it reads, You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So, Paul said this to the young preacher, Timothy. And this speaks of the fact that we today will have battles to fight, will face trials and tribulations as believers, and if one is not in a battle, apparently, you know, one should get worried. Which means, one, there's something they're not doing right, they're not standing for God. As the battle is waxing hot in many places. And if one takes a stand for the Lord, somebody will actually try and cut you down. There was, you're always going to meet opposition if you're standing for God. But if everything's, but if everything's running smoothly and everything's just going... So really no one's questioning you or anything like that. You know, you ought to get worried. So many of God's believers today are having a lot of struggle, trials and tribulations that they're going through. Verse 29 goes on to read, After them, Zadok, the son of Emer, made repairs in front 
of his own house after him, Shemaiah, the son of Shekaniah, the keeper of the east gate, made repairs. So here it is a gate that's talked about, the east gate. So we have the east gate and that actually fills us with anticipation, you know, because of what the east gate depicts for the children of Israel. So this gate in that day was the first one that was opened in the morning. So the east gate was on the east, obviously. It's the east gate and, you know, on the east side of the city. So the east gate in Jerusalem is sealed up today. It's not open. And many today think that this is the gate the Lord Jesus Christ might come through. Scripture, however, doesn't actually state this. So scripture says he's coming through the golden gate that's in the temple. So the golden gate is in the temple and not in the wall of the city. So the east gate was the first gate that was open, like I said earlier, in the morning. And this is where the sun came up. So the sun came up from the east and all during the night, you know, the watchman was on the wall walking up and down and looking into the horizon. But early in the morning, he came around to the east gate. So it was the gate that they actually opened first afterwards, after the morning. Um, so today, the believers should be gathered at the east gate because there is... A glimmer of light on the horizon. You know, just like the watchman who's walking up and down. He can't see through the piercing darkness. And then that glimmer of light. You know, the first rays of the sun are seen. So there's that glimmer of light on the horizon for you and me. You know. And the sun may be coming up before long. But before the sun comes up, the bright and morning star appears. Why? The Lord himself shall descend from the heaven with a shout of a voice like the archangel in the trumps of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. We that are alive will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. So this is the rapture. That's what's referred to as the rapture. So, to be caught up. So, it's not that the Bible doesn't teach the rapture. It does. Caught up means to be raptured. So, there is a glimmer of light today. The Lord is coming. You know, the Lord died and was resurrected. And I believe in resurrection. So, the Lord is coming. And the next event is in the calendar of the Lord. Is the rapture of the church. And we ought to be gathered at the east gate. Because... In these dark days we are in, it's nice to know there is a glimmer of light that's going to come up, that's going to shine, and we have a hope. Verse 30 goes on to read, After him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanan, Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another Section after him, Meshulam, the son of Berachiah, made repairs in front of his dwelling. So Meshulam 
All he did was just repair right over his chamber where he lived. So we may not be able to actually witness to the world or even reach, you know, our neighborhood. But, you know, one can reach family. It's important. Even if you reach one person at all, you reach somebody. You can give them the word of God. It's nice to actually have a saved family. One's responsibility is to get the word of God to our family. And they make the decision to follow the Lord. So this fellow just actually repaired over his chamber. And that's all he, that's all God actually asked of him to do. And he's here, written and God remembers. Verse 31 goes on to read. After him, Malkaijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of Nethinim and of the merchants in front of Mithkad Gate and as far as the upper room at the corner. So the gate Mithkad means review or register. So when a stranger actually came to Jerusalem, he had to have a visa. So he was stopped at the gate for purposes of registry. So it was a gate of review, not just for strangers, but also when the army had gone out and fought in battle and returned. It was through this gate that they came. This is where David reviewed his soldiers. He loved his soldiers. So David reviewed his soldiers from here, coming from the battle. So we are told that at the time of the rapture, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But there will be something that will take place there. All of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the great white throne, it's the judgment seat where we shall get our reward. So in Second Corinthians five, I'm just turning there, Second Corinthians five verse ten, it reads For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad. So this is not a great white throne. This is the judgment seat of Christ where believers come. Why do they come there? This is where everyone may receive the things done in his flesh. So this is for purposes of a reward. Salvation here is not in question at all. We wouldn't be there if we were not saved but because Christ died for us <clears throat> and he stood in our place so we are saved verse 32 read, and between the upper room at the corner as far as the sheep gate the goldsmith and the merchants were and the merchants made repairs so we are back at the sheep gate We've circled way back to where we started from. 
So we have been all around the wall of Jerusalem and back at where we started. We began with the cross of Christ and we stopped with the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is what's important and that's what the sheep gate speaks of. Okay, so we've come to the end of our study today. It's been a great study. You know, learning about the different depictions of the gates and what they mean and symbolize. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.